Welcome, everyone, to our weekly devotion. This week, I want to look at Ephesians 4, and especially the seven things that Paul tells us are one, how the church has unity throughout its time, throughout all the church age. So let me just read verses 1 through 6. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, or for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Notice the virtues he's emphasizing here for the Christian. Living in uh, humility and gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So we're not haughty, we're not asserting our own rights, we're not fighting for ourselves, we're bearing with another in love, and we're considering the unity of the Spirit. And so then he tells us in verse 4, there is one body and one Spirit. There's not just the many churches, there's the church, sometimes called the, the invisible church, and the visible church are the local bodies, the local churches, but there's one church to which they all belong. Contrast that with, say, the Roman Catholic teaching that only the Roman visible church is the true church, and no one outside of that is part of the church. This is directly contradicting that idea. So verse 4, again, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called, to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So let's go back to those ones, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. We can reflect on each of those. And what I want to talk about today is the one in verse five that says one faith. What does that mean? And a couple different ideas have been put forward. For example, it could mean the one faith as expressed in the creeds of the faith, the doctrines of the church, that's the one faith. And so you would adhere to, say, Nicaea or the Council of Orange or Dort or Westminster, and you're holding to that one faith. But you can immediately see that that seems to be too narrow for what Paul is saying, because although we might hold that Westminster Confession is true and, and it's a, an admirable document, we want to say that people who don't hold to it aren't Christians. Uh, they might hold to other creeds, and they may have some differences with Westminster Confession, but they, they don't deny the essential truths of Christianity. So they're still Christians. So, so that's not what it means. And, and maybe then you'll say, well, it, that's what getting closer. It means the essential truths. The essential truths. Well, yeah, well, we need to name what those are. But what about this, the subjective side, your faith and my faith are examples of the one faith? Well, that has the same problems multiplied by a million that the confession solution did, because each person has some things in common with others and, and a lot of things that are different. And, and that subjective side is exactly what we need unity against, so to speak to keep us from all just going in our own se separate subjective way. So back to the essentials. Well, is it getting to certain essential doctrines uh, of the faith? 
even there, I'm not sure that's what this is saying because it's emphasizing the one faith. What's the one faith? And, and so, yes, maybe this is the essential doctrine. Let's be reminded about how that's spoken of. Both Habakkuk and Romans tell us that the just shall live by faith. We know that Abraham's Abraham had faith. He's an example of that. His, his uh, actions were attributed to him as faith because he lived out the faith. When he was tested by God, he offered Isaac. Hebrews 11. So there's one faith. What are we believing in faith? Because there's a lot of things people believe by faith. Well, the just shall live by faith. That we're justified by God. Our faith is in God. That's the great truth that we had to be reminded of in the Reformation. But it was always there, both Old Testament and New Testament. The just shall live by faith. We, are, we're, we know that we don't earn our own salvation. Christ died for us, and his righteousness is imputed to us. And it's because of that that we can be justified before God and live before God. So that's the one faith that unites all Christians across any other division is that faith. And if someone comes along and they have some other explanation of, what, of salvation or what it is, well, that puts them outside of Christianity. So the Eastern Orthodox believe that they are saved by Christ. And the Roman Catholics believe they're saved by Christ. And the Protestants believe that. Now, in each of those groups, you can find persons who say things contrary to that. But I'm speaking historically here. In each of those groups, you'll also find people who affirm that the just shall live by faith. They were justified by Christ alone. And when the Reformation had to combat the corruption of the Roman Catholic Church, it was because it had become so corrupt on that point, and that corruption had filtered into all other areas of the church. And so now when you look at the way that Roman Catholics speak, they often speak just as if they were coming out of the Reformation about Christ being their Savior. The one faith, the one article of faith that unites Christians and distinguishes them from all others that the just shall live by faith, that we are redeemed by Christ alone, not by anything we do. We can't ever work our way back to God, and we can't choose God. God renews our hearts, draws us to him, justifies us, sanctifies us. So there is unity between Christians, and because of that, go back to verse 2 and think about these virtues, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit, when we find ourselves disagreeing with someone who we do know is a Christian, but maybe they are Arminian and you're a Calvinist. Behind those divisions is the one faith. Can we, with humility and gentleness, bear with one another in love as we work out those other divisions? I hope so. Let's pray for that. Let's pray for unity in the body of Christ.